Welcome to Streamable, the podcast about the best streaming content out there. We're going to be reviewing shows and movies from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney+, Peacock, whatever other services they come up with. So sit back, listen to our review, and then you can tell us how wrong we are on Twitter. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Brett. And together we have over 57 years of movie watching experience. Wait, we were watching movies when we were born? Shh, shut up. Alright, so what I've learned from this show is that you should be scared of every 18, 19-year-old girl because they probably have wolf DNA in them and are trained by the American government to kill you. And, of course, we are talking about Hannah Season 2. <laughs> with that. The first <laughs> episode talks about how they put wolf DNA in, well, Hannah. I think all the others have synthetic DNA, but we'll get into that. I mean, if that premise doesn't make you want to watch the show, though, something's wrong with you. That sounds awesome. Wolf DNA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know how wolf DNA makes you stronger. I mean, I would assume, like, maybe if she got, like, heightened, like, tracking that's abilities and stuff. Yeah. But, but I mean, the the show originally made it just seem like that's just her training, right? Like, but, no, I mean, she, she yeah, her, her strength and her ability comes from her training, I think. I think she does have, you know, she could, like, literally smell a lie or whatever no, the fuck she said. she's literally stronger than she's supposed to be. Like, there's, like, I think there's dialogue when she attacks, like, male combatants who are, like, surprised by how strong she is. So I think that that's what the genetic manipulation was supposed to do. Which I don't understand why that comes from wolves. Like, what if there was, like, if there was, like, bear DNA in there or something? <laughs> no bears are fat asses come on wolves are are lean and mean what's the strong well yeah like like orangutan like ant you want ant dna they're the strong (laughs) we already have an ant man oh damn it ant woman (laughs) we don't have an ant woman we just have the wasp she is cool though well getting off topic anyway though hannah in the marvel universe would be interesting she'd probably team up with punisher or something because they just kill people is she not just black widow come on she is pretty much Black Widow. That is yeah. true. <laughs> She's American Black Widow. I Ooh, guess. Black Widow Hannah crossover. Yeah. Anyway, we didn't get the uh, Jack Ryan crossover we were hoping for, but... Yet. I didn't see one. <laughs> Yet. They both have season three. Hannah was already renewed for season three, which I guess bodes well for how well season two does. I don't know. I, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. It was interesting. It it throws us in kind of with the first episode. Yeah, I felt like once it got uh, unfettered from my expectations of it from the movie, that it was allowed to kind of be its own thing. It uh, it got better. So I, I really liked the season. Plus, also there were no scenes that were so fucking dark that I couldn't <laughs> see what was going on. So that's also a plus. Well, yeah, they were in England the whole time, and England is always bright and sunny. That's right, you listen to me and do stuff that doesn't make sense thematically, but makes me able to see the scenes. That's all I care about. Yes, the director heard you and re-edited <laughs> yeah. everything. That's right. I know, he's our biggest fan. Yes. As a side note, David Farr is the writer-creator of the show. He was the writer on the movie. He does direct the last two episodes. I don't know that there was a 
fundamental difference in the last two episodes. I mean, TV shows usually don't have as much impact from their directors, but we'll talk about that. Just thought I'd bring it up. Mm-hmm. So, shall we get into it? Take off on your recap train there. Okay, episode one, safe. Hannah and Clara, from the end of season one, are free. They're out in the woods. Eric's dead. Marissa's free and kind of back in with the CIA. She kind of lied about being shot by Hannah and her getting away. As, you know, it kind of seemed like she's obviously not with what they're doing, but she wants to work from the inside to take things apart. So Hannah and Clara are out in the woods, and basically a drone chases after them, and, and they hide. It shows us the other trainees. They do get taken to northern England. I think it just says somewhere in northern England, or, you know, it's kind of vague. And they're offloaded into the house from Kingsman. At least it looked exactly <laughs> the same to me. Yeah, I mean, they reuse the exterior shots of so many, like, so many of the nice places you go to seem to be, like, this one fucking house and. Yeah. I don't even think it's, like, England. I think it's actually, like, a Scottish castle or something they always use for, like, this This is a nice house. We're introduced to a couple of new characters right away. So, Beagler's at a Romanian airbase, and she gets questioned by John Carmichael, who's kind of the new lead, taking over from, what's-his-face from season one? The guy she killed? Gavin from Friends is all I could think of every time I saw his face, and I was like... What? He's, he was in Friends. Was? Later on in the seasons when when Rachel gets pregnant, they hire him at a to to basically take over her job while she's away. Oh yeah, yeah. he's he's the new guy. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about the guy from season one. Oh no, no, no not the guy from season one. No, no. Carmichael. Carmichael is Gavin. Dermot Mulroney or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's a well-known actor. He's in a bunch of shit. Anyway, so he kind of like almost interrogates Vigler, and I don't remember if he says it right away, but he kind of questions, like, did you shoot yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he seemingly just knows that somehow, but anyway. uh, We're also introduced to a new kind of CIA recruit. She's literally, like, fresh off the boat and is, like, shown this document, and, you know, she's going to join Mission Utrax. Her name is Terry Miller. And then they, you know, it cuts back and forth basically between Carmichael and Beagler, Hannah and Clara, and then kind of this new CIA woman. Hannah and Clara basically go and steal some guns from some hunters. Like, Hannah had a crossbow, and I, I, my first thought was, where the fuck did she get the crossbow? And then the next scene is them stealing guns from hunters, and I was like, oh, okay, that works. <laughs> yeah, steal whatever you need. But they were like in the middle of the woods, so I was like, where the fuck did she get a crossbow? But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. There's hunters around, whatever. They go to their truck and steal it. They cut something out of Clara's arm. Hannah sees that there's like a scar there, and she had this little thing implanted that becomes significant later. You know, Carmichael talks about the wolf DNA thing, and Hannah has wolf DNA, and everyone else has synthetic, and blah, blah, blah. But basically, he wants to get Subject 249, Clara, to analyze like what went wrong, like why their program didn't, you know, keep her, you know, uh, in line basically. Yeah. yeah. And he, that's why he brings Wiegler back into the fold. So her job, you know, she was good at tracking Hannah. She's now going to track Clara and he doesn't give a shit what happens to Hannah. Hannah can live or die. She can escape. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants Clara. So Wiegler of course is motivated because she wants to help get Hannah free. 
And the trainees are kind of shown to be in this much more relaxed program that they're given clothes, they're given rooms, they're given actual identities, names, backstories, families, and they're kind of meant to buy into all of it. 242 gets the name Sandy. She was kind of the girl next to Clara, and she gets like a kind of girly persona. There's a couple other trainees that were introduced to later, but they're kind of all, you know, in this little group. Uh, of kind of friends, but they're still obviously being trained. Uh, the new CIA recruit woman is introduced as Terry Miller, and she shows up at this facility where all the trainees are. That's called the Meadows. Uh, and she introduces herself to Leo Gardner, who seems to kind of be running the program at, at the Meadows, at least. Oh, yeah, this is where... So I guess Carmichael talks to her, to Wiegler about 249 and basically suspects that she had feelings for Hannah, partially because I think they found that photo she took of her in the hotel room on her phone. So Miller, uh, the new recruit, her job is to basically manage the social media for all of them. Like she basically acts as their parents to kind of communicate with them and keep them drawn into this, you know, buying into this new identity kind of a thing. And she's especially shown acting as Sandy's mom. And, you know, Sandy talks to her about adjusting to the new life and all that kind of stuff. Kind it's of so like weird. a typical college kid. But, yeah, it's weird how quickly they buy into it. So uh, you could justify it a little bit uh, because, I mean, they they didn't have a persona before. So, the, like, being given an identity when you didn't have one, I guess. It, 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 like, it, it's hard to get into the mindset of somebody who's basically been a prisoner their entire lives. But that, like, that's the part I have a problem with, that they're able to socially adjust and talk and be normal humans when they haven't had anything like a normal Yeah, that's true. Yeah. For 18 like, years. Sandy, that's, like, immediately becomes, like, this Christian, like, good girl character. And that they can even communicate with each other. Like, they've been told to never talk to another human being. How do they have any social skills? Like, that I is feel true. like... There was a huge disconnect between, you know, phase one and phase two. That doesn't make any fucking sense. No normal human could adjust to that. Yeah, because, I mean, we're seen showing the... Uh, sorry, we're shown them taking classes where they, like, learn about things and, like, pop culture and shit like that. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine not talking and not really being a human being for, like, the first 17 years of your life and then all of a sudden having to socialize perfectly. That is yeah. weird. It, it was a weird flip of the switch. I didn't like that. Whatever. It's kind of only an issue in like the first two episodes and then you just kind of buy into it. But it felt very strange. Anyway, Clara basically just leaves. She wants to go find her mother. She doesn't want to live in the woods. She's kind of fed up with things. And she goes to this cabin they had found before and there's some people there and she basically asks them to take her into Bucharest or wherever they are. I think she got on one of their phones and, you know, did a social media search or whatever. And obviously U-Tracks, CIA, whoever the fuck is, you know, monitoring that. And they basically make up this fake story that her mom's in this hotel in Bucharest and reaches out to her to draw her out. Hannah kind of, you know, realizes a little too late and, and goes and tracks her down. And then uh, a Humvee full of soldiers shows up and she, you know, kills a bunch of them. But then... They shoot a gas tank and the whole cabin explodes and you know it seems like she's dead. But obviously she's not because the whole show is called Hannah. <laughs> yeah. 
so Carmichael and Vigler go to intercept Clara in Bucharest. You know, Carmichael again kind of reiterates Hannah's going to be left alone, but whatever. Vigler's basically sitting and waiting in the hotel room, posing as Clara's mom. Obviously, she's not. She's a white woman. So, you know, Clara knows what's up and basically tries to resist and then gets tased and gets taken. And then Carmichael tells Vigler that Hannah died in the, you know, situation, but asks her to rejoin. And I think Vigler basically says, fuck you. And then the whole cabin is basically burnt to a crisp. Hannah obviously emerges from the ashes of Phoenix Reborn. She was hiding in the shitter, by the way. Right? You realize that? I didn't. Yeah, yeah. She 100% dove into the shitter. That's why she was covered in mud. That went uh, mud. Yeah. That makes more sense. And then she basically chases down mother and daughter. I don't even remember how she does that. How does she find out where they were? I don't know. I just remember her showing up to the... Yeah, that was a little yeah. weird. She kind of just is at the hotel, and then Beagler's there, and they're like, oh, hey. So episode two is the trial. Vigler goes to like her apartment in Paris. She's seemingly separated from her significant other of season one, but the apartment is bugged and she like calls someone in to remove the bug, which, you know, we just saw she's really not back into the fold with Utrex and the CIA. So it's definitely like, well, who the fuck helped her and who the fuck bugged her? That becomes more clear later, but it's pretty weird. Claire is kind of brought back into the fold. Leo talks to her. And Sandy basically approaches her because they were next to each other. Clara is now called Clemency. Why they keep changing names is beyond me. It just makes it confusing for us. But she basically, Clara deduces that, like, the only way they knew what had happened is if someone told on her. So she beats the shit out of Sandy. Uh, And then they become friends after because, you know, whatever. That's how it works in most movies. You beat someone up and then they become best friends. That's usually a pretty male thing, I think. <laughs> but whatever, you know, these women are badasses. They can beat each other up and handle it. Yeah, um, it's a warrior thing. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. No gender to it. Okay. So, Vigor goes back to her previous job, which I think was like, director of cia in europe or something which i don't understand how that doesn't supersede carmichael but whatever there's a woman who had been filling in for her who uh, her name's sonia she basically becomes her tail and uh, she's trying to tail Wiegler, but Wiegler shakes her and then shows up at a different apartment and hannah's there so she's kind of hiding hannah uh, they cut her hair they uh, dye it so it's white which i guess was just Trying to make it more like the movie? I don't know. Yeah, I swear it was it was just a reference to the movie, basically. Yeah. It's like, ah, she looks more like the Hannah from the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then she basically is trying to set her up. She has a new passport for her, and she calls her former something professor in Canada, because Canada's where you go when you want to be in the middle of nowhere. Some parts of Canada. All of Canada, really. So, she, yeah, she gets the ID. She basically sets all of that up. Um, and then we're kind of introduced again to the trainees in this kind of social group. So we have Sandy, this girly girl, Christian from Ohio, you know, that's her persona that she adopts. Jules, who is just this really weird liberal rebel girl who I just 
totally fucking hated Helen, who uh, is only ever told, shut up, Helen. Did you know that's yeah. already a meme? Is it? Yeah. That's funny. Shut up, Helen is a meme. That's literally the only thing that's ever said to Helen in six episodes of this show, I think. And then Clara slash Clemency kind of gets into this little quick. And if they wanted them to like blend in, why give them weird names like Clemency? I don't know. I mean, they didn't want them to all have super normal names. I mean, they're There's not lots of normal names. Like <laughs> it's less, like it's less uh, noticeable if you're if you're just named like Sarah instead of Clemency. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, that's that's really it. It's kind of shown the bonding in episode two between these girls and, you know, they fight and they make up and whatever. The more interesting part for episode two, at least, is is Hannah. So she kind of she she wants to go back and get Clara. I, I forget what Vigler says. If You know, it's just not possible. We don't have any idea where she is. But she has this little thing that she pulled out of her arm and it has this company name on it. I don't remember what it was, but it's just really obvious. Um, so she goes to, uh, you know, a neighbor's apartment and basically gets on his, I like that he had a gaming laptop. Uh, she gets on there and does a quick internet search and then steals his dad's wallet and runs away. Vigler shows up a little while later and this neighbor's like, hey, do you know the girl that lived there? I think she stole my dad's wallet. And she goes and, you know, just figures that she was on the computer looks at the search history and sees what she found, which is this company is headquartered in Belgium. And that's why you always use incognito browsing. So Hannah, oh, Passway is the company. So Hannah shows yeah. up at the headquarters in Belgium by happenstance. They're happening to let random people in for some drug trial. She just steals a badge or a form or whatever from some random girl and goes in. And then she takes some random drug and, great idea. This is yeah, a great always, always good. And she starts to hallucinate, but she hears them talking about, oh, it'll work for the Utrax patients. And she has this crazy drug trip where she's like running through a forest, but she's actually running through a hallway and beating the shit out of guards. And then Bigler basically shows up because, you know, she was always just like one step behind Hannah and just in time to save her because, you know, alarms are going off. She She killed a bunch of random people. Episode three, To the Meadows, Carmichael is watching news about Passway and this break-in and immediately calls his contact there, this guy named Dumont, and says, hey, give me the drugs. I, you know, I, I, I need you to do it personally. I don't care what the fuck's happening. Just do it now. Somehow Hannah had figured out about Dumont. I don't remember how. Maybe it doesn't matter. Whatever. They end up following him. And the girl that you know, they, they had this girl's form number, the girl that Hannah basically stole the form from. She's been arrested and, you know, presumed to be the one that killed all these people. But Sonia, the woman that was shadowing Vigler, goes and interrogates this girl and she IDs Hannah as the one that was there. So Sonia's, you know, secret task is obviously go track down Hannah. She runs a facial recognition and sees her leaving Passway in a, a Ferrari. Oh, that's how during the alarm, Hannah was sitting in a parking garage and she overheard Dumont talking about the shipment or something. So she was next to his car and basically just followed him out in a Ferrari 
And yeah, Sonia had seen her and was immediately able to track the car. Like that was a super stretch too. She saw her in one photo on a traffic cam and then was able to track the car's exact destination in 30 seconds. Well, they're still like, in did like, the car have they're GPS? They're still in England, aren't they? No, it's they're like in the... Belgium. Oh, shit. Then I don't know. But still, but that... even, even with traffic cams everywhere, the algorithm to process that would take a shitload longer than the 30 seconds it took her. I don't know, man. I was watching this, uh, well, I was watching this video on the people that have to monitor, like, UK's, like, police state cams, basically, because UK's oh, got, like, fucking, the most cameras they're everywhere. They're fucking everywhere. But they're, those guys are insanely good at fucking looking through this, like, wall of camera, like, video feeds, and then fucking finding specific things. So that's all like, human-based? It's not an algorithm? I mean... No, they have humans. They have humans looking through that shit, and then they well, call in dispatchers and shit for specific things. But, I mean, they're not tracking across multiple cams, are they? They are. They've got, like, a, they got like a wall of video Still, feeds for, she, like... She a, uses clearly an algorithm that, you know, does the facial recognition for Hannah, fine. You know, that pulls up in 10 seconds so that it looks through the entire country of Belgium. We're in a universe where people get injected with wolf DNA. <laughs> hey, it could happen. Better. Their All tech right. is better than ours. Their, their, uh, their machine learning algorithms are better at, at tracking Ferraris. That, that person trained that thing specifically to track Ferraris. If she'd taken a different car, she would have been fine. Grabbed yeah, like a it. Camry or something. Yeah. Why steal a Ferrari? Come on. That's too obvious. She gets but to anyway. drive really cool cars in this like season. She gets to a bunch of different cool cars. Yeah, I felt like they kind of wanted to make her a, an action hero more. And I don't know. Yeah, they gave her a Ferrari. Anyway, they Sonya tracks her to a random diner where she has followed Dumont. And he hands off the delivery to some random truck driver. Vigler gets there at the same time as Sonya and kills her. And then picks up Hannah. And then they're basically escaping. I think they're on a, a ship crossing the channel going back to England. And Vigler gets a call from Carmichael. And for some reason lies to Hannah and says it's her ex. But of course Hannah goes and listens. So she's like, I guess freaking out that Vigler's trying to take her back in. So she just fights her and fucking chokes her out. And then she gets away. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, it seemed weird that Vigler would lie there, except she is it just because she lies about everything all the time? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. And basically, yeah, Hannah takes Vigler's car and follows the you know the driver, and there's a handoff to another driver, and then she shows up at the meadows, and then she you know goes breaches the perimeter, takes out a couple of guards, and then just happens to see Clara, and she kind of just freezes and. And she gets taken. And By the way, Neeson appears. Yes. <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills, although she has much more skills. So I'm going to let her take care of herself. Yeah. She saves him. He gets yes. kidnapped. I think that was the plot of Taken 3, right? I didn't watch 3. Neither All I know about Taken 3 is Taken 3 makes Taken 2 look like Taken 1. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch the trailer for season 2 of the show? I did not. Okay. You told me not so, to. Yeah, uh, because, spoilers, it shows Hannah in the meadows, which spoiled four or five episodes of this show, because you knew she was going to end up with them. 
that is that is bad. Yeah. It was super fucked up. Anyway, I warned you all not to watch the trailer. Hopefully you listened. <laughs> so, episode four, Welcome Mia. Beagler bakes up and she makes some secret call. But... <laughs> he said Beagler bakes up. Bakes up? Beagler bakes up. <laughs> makes a secret call. <laughs> okay. Just just do the rest it. of it. Just do the rest of this episode in a German accent. Yeah. They're not in Germany anymore. They're in England. Whatever. They never go anywhere near. I mean, Belgium, whatever. She makes, Beagler makes a call to this guy just called Mannion. You don't know anything about it. But she has this weird secret thing and she talks about Vesuvius and she hides this shit in a lipstick. Carmichael calls and says that he has Hannah and wants Beagler to come to him. Basically, Hannah's not talking, so he wants, you know, Beagler to try and help. So she seemingly has this tracking, you know, chip and puts it in her lipstick. And because she was fucked up by Hannah, she decides to drive into a tree to cover that up. She's good at hiding that crap. I mean, I guess, whatever. Throughout, throughout the series so far, the most spy-spy person is Vigler. I guess. She's the only one that knows how to hold a gun, which is interesting. She does the John Wick style, you know, close to the body hold. Mm. I mean, most of them are, most of the rest of the gunfights are like in white spaces. I don't know if the CQC style holding matters as much. Yeah, it's just like she's shown doing that 30 times. Like she's always shown holding a pistol close range it just i don't know that that actor maybe maybe muriel enos actually knows about guns Uh, i mean no she was she was very convincing in that role so yeah she does a good job anyway so they you know get beagler from the the crash site uh and and take her to the meadows uh they have to blindfold her because they don't want her to know where it is she talks to hannah and convinces her to come back into the program she kind of gives her some code words to say like you know just go with the flow kind of a thing. And I forget, she slipped her a piece of paper that said something. Basically, 10 o'clock tonight, be in the courtyard or whatever the fuck. So it's like immediately we're going to, you know, leave. Meanwhile, you know, they have these these young girls trying to adapt. And there's this kind of manufactured teenage rebellion that leo let slip uh, i used air quotes there that uh they have alcohol and jules the rebel you know stages this heist to set up a party and they steal the alcohol and then they're gonna have a party that night and they're all called together and they're panicking thinking they found out about it but carmichael just introduces everyone to mia who of course is hannah but he does talk about how you know, you got your you girls are gonna have some years of service, and then you're gonna be able to go live whatever lives you want to live, which is obviously bullshit. But I guess maybe you know it. They they don't believe it's bullshit, so it it lets them kind of buy into things, I guess, a little more. Mm-hmm. Hannah talks to Clara, and they kind of try to make a plan to actually escape. The girls get invited to this party, you know, where they're gonna have some alcohol, so. Hannah kind of accepts taking it as a, a good reason to escape. So they're at a party. Beagler's basically 
you know, told to leave. You know, we're we're done with you. You helped us with Hannah. You don't want to join us. Just just go. Uh, she kind of sneaks around and hacks into a computer. How did she know that guy's password, by the way? Like she looked at the screen for a second. You know, clearly could have gotten his username, but the password's you know hidden. And she just immediately typed it in. That was never explained. Maybe he typed in his password and then hit that button that makes you show all the characters and then that's what she saw? <laughs> A, there's no way she saw that in two seconds. B, no, we weren't shown that. C, I don't think a CIA computer has that. Maybe the CIA computers have some sort of like override password for higher-up members. But then why couldn't she use... I mean, what? How could she use that password with that guy's login? She very I clearly his login. It doesn't make any fucking sense. There's a couple of weird tech things that bothered the shit out of me. Anyway, but she just cuts the power because I guess the computer just has a magic off switch for the whole building. Yeah. I mean, Which does it also, also have blueprints, or is that later? There's also just the computer that has the blueprints yeah, for the building they're in. Because everyone always has that on location, right? I think that's later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Beagler runs back out and goes, you know, acting like everything's normal. She basically, uh, she put like a 10-minute timer on the power. It didn't cut right away. So she, she leaves like everything's normal. She attacks her driver, kills him, drives the car back just as the power shut shut off. Hannah doesn't know where the fuck she is. She's trusting Clara to guide her to where they're supposed to go. It's dark. They're running around in circles. And then we see that uh, you know, someone gets into Beagler's car, and it's Carmichael. He apparently suspected what she was doing. And then Clara leads Hannah into her own room, which is all made up now for Mia. And all of the girls are gathered around here shouting, one of us, one of... Well, not really, but basically that's what they were doing. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah that was a weird fucking scene. That was super creepy. Wait, because Claire's the one that ratted out their plan. She told sure. uh, yeah. Sandy, and then Sandy told Carmichael. Well, I think Clara told Carmichael. Well, probably. Like, Clara was not into it. She had already, again, bite into the whole thing and, you know, wanted to stay. Anyway, episode five, A Way to Grieve. So Vigler is arrested and interrogated by Carmichael. He basically says... I know you helped Hannah leave Belgium. You probably helped kill Sonia. And she said something like, you can't prove that. And he's like, yeah, whatever. He knew that she had made arrangements for Hannah to go to Canada with her professor, which is odd. I guess maybe they just tracked her cell records or something. Meanwhile, Leo takes Hannah to Terry, this like, you know, the, the social media guru for the girls, I guess, and and helps her craft Mia's life backstory. She obviously doesn't buy into it right away. Uh, but she also says, like, she says something to Terry about, like, she just starts rattling off a bunch of facts about her fake life and says, I can do this. I've done this before, but I'm not going to actually buy into it, kind of a thing. Mannion is finally shown. He, I think he picks up the, the thing from Beagler from the crash site and, you know, finds the meadows. He makes some mystery phone call. I think, oh, it, actually, in the last episode, he was sitting and waiting for him. Mm -hmm. uh, but Beagler never showed up. So he makes this mystery phone call and says there's no Vesuvius, which I guess is just 
Vico's code name. Weird code name. Yeah. And he just gets a gun and kind of goes to the perimeter. He eventually breaches it and, and kills a couple of guard and guards and kind of slowly infiltrates it. Meanwhile, Carmichael had found the lipstick with the tracker for Vigler, and obviously they disabled it. And he's interrogating her and you know keeping her there to find out who, who helped her. He knows she had some help. Meanwhile, the girls play uh, Capture the Flag, laser tag. That looks fun as shit. Except, they I not, mean... They would not use laser tag. That was so fucking stupid. They would use paintball. Anyway, yeah, whatever. They split off into teams. Anna runs off on her own because she's a lone wolf because she's got that wolf DNA. That's right. <laughs> she don't need no pack. And she just kicks everyone's ass and basically is winning. Clara's the only one left and then one enemy. But she does see Mannion through the fence and he kind of just says, shh, and disappears. Whatever. Hannah wins and then kind of endears her to the other girls. Miller, Terry Miller, makes a push to Leo to try to include Eric Heller in Hannah's life. Like they talk about that, but then it never happens. I mean, I guess she does use the instant message to, you know, chat to her as dad. But, you know, it's not like they made Eric her dad in her backstory. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because it doesn't because the idea is to allow her to grieve for Eric. But how is she grieving for Eric if Eric is her dad is talking to her? I guess because you get to talk to your dad even though he's gone? I don't know. That yeah, was weird. I, I don't know. It, it, it was kind of like a way to say goodbye, I guess. It was a little strange. But the other part of this about A Way to Grieve, the, the title of the episode, which is, is very fitting, Sandy has this fake sister who's always sick, and you know Miller crafts this story that she goes to the hospital and then dies, so that kind of unifies all the girls together. And... You know, this whole time Hannah hasn't really bought into things and, you know, hasn't been close to anyone. But I guess she kind of takes pity on this girl who's crying over her fake sister's death. And they have a, you know, ceremonial burial. Obviously, there's no actual burial, but she teaches them kind of how to grieve. And Carmichael kind of shows that to Vigler. Like, I think there was there's cameras all over the place, obviously. And he kind of shows her like hey, Hannah's accepted this life. You know, you're not going to get her back out of here. So just give up on that shit. And then, of course, Vigler breaks out for like the fourth time in the fucking show. Because yeah, you can't why keep the fuck... her locked up. I don't know Come why on. no one just shoots her. Like, she's too dangerous to keep Be- alive. Beyond just shooting her. Like, obviously, he wanted to use her as a connection to find out who she was working with. But cuff the bitch. I mean, do something. Don't let her manipulate people. She says something about getting a bottle of water and then, you know, grabs the guy's hand and beats the shit out of him and uh of course she paid attention to the door code and just enters it in from inside her cell anyway she goes and gets hannah this is where i think she goes back to the control room sees a blueprint and then goes to you know finds hannah's room and hannah's apparently bought into her life and just says she doesn't want to go you know she tries to call hannah on the phone like uh because she she knocks out terry miller who was trying to talk to hannah as a as her dad right. Right, right. She she calls her on Skype, basically. Um, yeah, and then Hannah says no, and then she finds out where her room is and grabs her. Yeah. They escape. They go back to get the passports, which Hannah had hidden in a tree. And Clara just shows up. She had followed Hannah, and she disarms Beagler, who 
kind of had a gun on Hannah, but not really. Uh, Beagler gets shot in the arm and kind of the crossfire. And of course, they all get caught again. And But Clara kind of stands up for Hannah and says she shot Beagler. So, you know, they think Hannah's butt into everything and she's, you know, she's fine. But they're going to throw Beagler in prison again. Yeah, see? She's too dangerous to leave alive. She keeps breaking out. You're not getting any information out of her. You just get killer. No. Anyway, episodes 6, 7, and 8, I didn't take good notes for because I basically just binge-watched to try to finish the show. But episode 6, Hannah and Jules are paired up, which seems super random. But basically, Carmichael gives the justification that Hannah's you know, experience. She's done this in the field before, and Jules is a good little social justice warrior, so she's going to take a women's studies class, basically. Well, yeah, writing-wise, there was no one else to team her up with. They kept... Like, they can't team her up with Clara because there's the risk of them escaping if, if it's not completely, like, indoctrinated. She can't team up with Sandy because they've been building up Sandy's weird relationship with Clara this entire time, too, so... It only leaves the only other girl we actually follow around the entire season but left. They could have given Helen something. Shut up, Helen. (laughs) Anyway, so they go to London. Hen and Jules go to London. They're basically told that there's a journalist who's going to leak information. They need to connect to her and get this information and then kill her. And Jules, for all her rebelling and, you know, going against, against the system and everything, is immediately buying into, yeah, let's go murder a journalist. Which, again, felt like a super, super stretch. No, I mean, I don't think them killing people is a stretch. Like, that's what they, that's literally what they were taught for 17 years. Them acting as normal her, people her is, whole, is a stretch. Her whole persona, which she's bought so heavily into Jules is, like, go against the system. You know, they're creating me to be a heteronormative kind of a girl, and we're all supposed to be, you know, just normal girls. And yet there's a female investigative journalist who you would think she wouldn't identify strongly with that she's told to go murder. Well, yeah, I mean, that just kind of reiterates that that persona they gave her is probably them making her the rebellious feminist persona it's not like necessarily like she came up with this idea that, that that like but but she's bought into it the whole idea is that you know she's bought into her persona sandy's bought into hers so much that she cries over her fake dead sister like they're they're trying to make this real and then yet they kind of go something have her do something that's fundamentally against her personality if she was supposed to kill some you know sexist male politician that fits but why is she I just didn't see why Jules fit this this task. No, I mean, it, Jules fits the task because it allows her persona is better suited for being able to get in uh, I, I, to the yeah. social group. I, right. I, I, I understand at, that. At, I at the base of what these these girls are, they're they're essentially little monsters that have been created over years to kill people. That That's their prime directive. So I don't know, I, I didn't take any issue with them being all gung-ho to kill people, because that's literally what they've been trained and designed to do for years upon years. I don't know. Maybe we need to see more of the training. Hannah needs a prequel. Anyway, so Hannah is actually the one that kind of gets closer to this journalist. They, they pretend that they're taking, you know, like a women's study class or something, I think. 
the teacher of this class is, I think, dating the journalist. Right? She's his wife. Yeah, oh, actually married. married. Okay. So they use the teacher to, you know, get close to the, the journalist. And Hannah is the one that just kind of ends up talking to her. I forget what happens. They're at a party and she like the, the journalist has to go take a phone call and Hannah sneaks around the house and uh, finds out what she's going to be doing. Basically. She finds a journal, but it's like a kind of ciphered. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah. She text. sends, she sends the journal along to, you know, the, the CIA team at the meadows, but they do find out like where she's meeting or something. I don't remember. Anyway, the journalist is meeting someone in Barcelona so the other side of this is Clara and Sandy are kind of, you know, left out of the friend group. They're left behind. They kind of get upset about it, or I don't remember what they say. But so Carmichael sends them on the other side of the mission. They go to Barcelona. They've decrypted the notebook and found out who the contact is. It's this uh, military lawyer, and his daughter goes to school in Barcelona. So they're going to be students again and befriend the daughter so they can track you know when the dad comes in meanwhile hannah and jules you know try to track the the journalist at some point jules sees hannah i i, I yeah i didn't take good notes on this so i don't remember how or why jules starts tracking hannah so apparently she'd already oh. been told to uh distrust hannah like carmichael gave her a secondary duty to basically right, spy on right. hannah and, and Hannah is approached by this other group of people, you know, that were helping Diegler, you know, Mannion and, and kind of this team. We don't really know who they are. And she, I guess, kind of meets up with someone and Jules tracks her and, you know, tells Leo there's a problem. So Leo and Jules arrange for Hannah to get on the tube and kill the journalist. But when she does that you know she's given a gun and um she goes to shoot jules and no she doesn't go to shoot jules uh she gets kicked into the right she right. She, she pushes jules out because her plan was to get into the the train and protect the journalist right but jules smiles because it's a trap like they they sent her it's a trap. one yeah yeah they they put her on that car there's only two people and they're cia operatives who try to kill hannah of course, well, Hannah's, Hannah's got that wolf DNA, so she kills them. But uh, the, the journalist the then that, shows up. The Sorry, thing about that scene that is uh, that upsets me though is like she's she's really good at all this shit. Like she didn't check that gun. Like that they gave her a gun that's gonna malfunction. Yeah, because there are other times in the show. Uh, yeah, I don't think it. I, I mean, like. She I think the gun was. It's not. It's not like she. She didn't just get the gun. She got the gun before. She didn't oh, yeah, field strip it, it and then just like check yeah. it to make sure it works. Yeah. No, it didn't make sense. So uh, I. I mean, two things. One, I think the gun was just empty, which with Hannah's experience, she would be able to just fucking feel. No, I. I swear it was. It was. A, a, like it didn't fire because like okay, a firing that, pin that, or something was in there. I mean, that's that's more intelligent. You can take a firing pin out of a gun such that it won't fire, but the only way to see it is literally taking the whole gun apart. She probably wouldn't take the whole gun apart. It's not that hard to strip a gun she and check didn't it. Expect a trap. I mean, I don't know. It, it wouldn't make sense for her to take it apart. You should field strip the gun to make sure it works before you go use it. Always field strip your guns, kids. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that was, that was one part that bothered me. But of course, yeah, she wins. 
She beats so, that lady anyway. to death using the bar inside of the thing, and she hits her against the, like, the handrails and shit. It was a cool fight. I liked it. And then Jules kills the journalist. But why was Leo there? Leo literally comes out of the shadows to say, hey, journalist, I don't remember her name. And then Jules shoots her. Like, there was no reason for Leo to go all that way just to do that. It was more dramatic. Like, that's the, that, that is really what it was. And it felt really <laughs> stupid in the story because it's like, that makes no fucking sense for the story. They just wanted that for dramatic effect for the show. Yep. Anyway, that bothered me. And then, yeah, so Sandy and Clara kind of get into... I don't even know that they really do that in this episode, but they basically try to establish themselves and, and be buddies with this this girl, this daughter of this lawyer that's leaking information. So, Hannah, season two, episode seven. So, Hannah's escaped. You know, she beat down the people who came after her. She knows that, you know, the, the journalist was going to go to Barcelona to get the information. She's going to Barcelona. She gets rid of her blonde hair and goes to I mean she didn't go back to her natural color did he did she she went to like a brown no maybe she went back to her like black hair yeah but she cut it really short yeah so she finds Clara and I don't remember how did she find out that Clara's mother is alive was that from the uh splinter group I don't know it doesn't yeah yeah I think I think she had she she got a phone. She got Mannion's phone? She did have Mannion's phone. That is correct. I think she had Mannion's phone, and Mannion's phone had messages that said something along the lines of, you know, Claire's real name, and her mother's in Egypt, and married, and blah, blah, blah. Mm, okay. So she... I didn't catch that part. Yeah, she, she gets to, to Clara. You know, she, she does her tracking, her wolf scent, and basically approaches Clara and says... They lied to you. Your mother's alive. You know, don't listen to them. They just want you to kill people. Yeah, um, I like how she, she says, what are you even doing this for? Like, for America. It's like, you haven't even been to America. That was good. Yeah. They're, they're so indoctrinated for kids that have literally never been in America. They are Romanian, by the way. Yeah. Mostly. Uh, I mean, her mother was Egyptian, but I, I, I thought they were all from Romania. So I guess her mother had lived in Romania. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway. Yeah, it's also weird. I don't know how Maybe diverse. they sourced the babies from across multiple areas. Then. I expect so, because I don't think yeah. Romania is that diverse that they would have this, you know, broad collection of, of girls. But who knows? So, you know, Clara is kind of like, no, fuck you. And Hannah decides to go after this girl this daughter her name's cat and you know try to explain to her that her and her dad are in trouble basically they're in a a club in spain and she points out to her that sandy stole her phone and then she uh, i I forget how she did this but she basically has cat get you know trap sandy in a lie because they're yeah yeah, because cat cat won't believe her when she says that this this long girl is actually like a assassin from and she's not from Ohio, so she's like okay. Uh, there was like a stool that had like the name of a beer brand, I guess. She's like right. Golden Hawk. Tell her like somebody told you about Golden Hawk High School in in Berkeleyville, Ohio. Right, and, and I guess their their modus operandi is just to kind of 
you know, agree with things naturally. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, as a way of lying. So, yeah, then she basically just runs out and immediately goes to her dad, which is a great idea. Well, she's not a trained operative. Yeah, she's just she's a regular girl, so that made sense. But Sandy had already kind of found it out, and I think she sends a message to Clara. Clemency? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We keep calling her by her actual name. 242, 249? I don't know. She's got too many names. Clara. Her name's Clara. So basically, they, they all meet up in a hotel room, and, you know, Clara can't can't kill the guy. Hannah shows up. Sandy grabs grabs the guy and you know hides in the bedroom and then ends up shooting him and runs away but the briefcase isn't there so you know sandy just gets away but clara and hannah are you know rogue again and that and then they kind of run off with with cat and try to keep her safe because she may know where the briefcase is meanwhile marissa it seems like she's being taken out into the middle of nowhere again to be killed which didn't work so well the first time, but the vehicle she's in is, uh, you know, kind of blown off the road. And then two people come up to her and say, Hey, we were with Mannion. We're, we're here to, you know, get you out. And that's pretty much it for episode seven. Oh, by the way, that scene of Marissa breaking out of the, the car and having a gun was also mm. in the trailer. So they spoiled something from episode seven. Yeah, but she broke out of things like four times a season. So I know you kind of expected it, but still, it, it was it was pretty fucked up that they <laughs> they basically spoiled over five episodes of this well, show. In the trailers trailer. nowadays are bad. You Hot should garbage. not watch most trailers. Yeah, yeah. The most egregious is still that Terminator one that gave away the entire plot of the movie. I don't even remember which which Terminator. There's been like uh, the one where the one where John Carter is a Terminator. Like that was supposed to be a big reveal in the movie because you oh, don't find out until like the last the, like the Christian Bale one. No, 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 no. The I think the one after that. But yeah, you're not supposed to find that out until like the last thirty minutes of the movie. But it's revealed in the trailer, and it's like, well, that's fucking stupid. Whoever does trailers, please watch the whole movie or at least read the whole script and realize you shouldn't be spoiling a big moment. There's plenty of other things you can do with trailers. I don't understand why they don't give it back to like the people that made this the movie or the show and go like no 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 you just you gave away a fucking giant plot line because it's too much work to make a thirty second clip when you've made a two hour movie. There's people that make good trailers, but yeah, there's also people that use their powers for evil, like that guy that did that one for uh, downsizing. Yep, yep, that is one of the best trailers for the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Good music Don't choice. Much downsizing. Yeah, ever. never watch it. Never watch it. It <laughs> is the really worst movie. Bad. The worst movie ever. All right, all right. Back, back to our show. Yeah, episode eight. So, Clara, Hannah, and Kat decide to go to the hills of Mount Tibidabo. Yes. More friends. Are You're supposed friends. to. It's pronounced Tibidabo. <laughs> no, no, no. I was I too busy listening to your story. That was making me all hot and bothered. You want to have sex with me now? Everyone does after they hear that story. Well, watch Friends. Don't watch Downsizing. But also watch Hannah. Anyway, <laughs> enough recommendations. Episode 8. 
they uh, are outside Barcelona. They're, someone had referenced a bunch of, you know, this is, the, the hills are full of wealthy houses that no one ever goes to. So they, you know, break into a house and, and kidnap a guy. By the way, I'm 90% sure that house was just in the Hollywood Hills in L.A. <laughs> Probably. Because it looks exactly the same. I don't know. Maybe they went to Barcelona, but it looks exactly the same. Whatever's cheaper tax-wise is where they went. It's a toss-up now. I mean, it's expensive to film in L.A., but you also have all of the people you need to film in L.A. Mm. So, kind of a catch-22. So, Leo visits Sandy and gets kind of the information about Hannah and Clara. And, yeah, she kind of mentions that, oh, we had talked about these, you know, houses in the hills that are always empty. So he just goes driving in the hills. Clara had remembered, she was basically posing as a maid to go kill the lawyer, and she had seen someone leaving the room when she went up there. So Hannah goes back to the hotel. I guess they kind of have eidetic memories, or they're, you know, obviously very observant. She, you know, remembered the name of this random guy. And so Hannah goes to the hotel and says, hey, I need to speak to this guy. And then, you know, she grabs him at gunpoint and says, give me the fucking thing that this lawyer guy gave you. I was finding it funny that uh, her alias when she went to the hotel was a dude, apparently, because they kept calling her Mr. Grafton, I think. Well, uh, no, I think she had stolen the ID of the guy they had kidnapped because she didn't have any other ID. But, I mean, she doesn't look anything like the guy they kidnapped. Like, she made a fake ID that looked like her and her weird no glasses thing. I have no idea. Yeah, she, ha she has a stolen car and, and glasses now. Because why not? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she she goes up to the uh, the hotel employee that uh, that Robert Gelder had talked to, and basically forces him to give up all the information because he's not going to die for this information, and then has him pull it out of the safe for her. Uh, but there's a bunch of CIA people kind of there yeah, waiting, and right the... when she gets it, yeah kind of secondary contact uh the the person that was gonna pick up the briefcase after the first journalist got killed shows up i forget what happens does she get shot yeah she uh she tells hannah that she needs the info and Hannah's like no i needed to try to save this girl and she grabs it out of hannah's hand and then immediately gets shot by the cia agents yep so there was a firefight hannah escapes you didn't say that right. Anytime you say those words, you gotta say it the right way. Too many references. Too many other references. Go watch, uh, uh, fuck, what's it called? Boondock Saints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a firefight. Yeah, there you go. All right. Got that out of your system. Anyway. <laughs> so Marissa shows up to, you know, help Hannah, and she's with these people who kind of set her free. But oh. Hannah you know, I, I guess smells a lie again, or I don't know why she knows one of the women was. No, with she saw, Trax. she saw a picture of her in Mannion's phone. That's right. She, she saw the woman that was allegedly part of the splinter group helping. Mannion, Carmichael. Uh, with Carmichael. Yeah. So she's like, that lady's full of shit. And then they're immediately like, ah, cover's blown. And you know, they try to shoot each other and everyone runs off. I also liked how, uh, so yeah, in the next scene, isn't it Clara trying to get on the computer 
right? Because she's trying to she's trying to contact her mom this entire time, check her email and stuff. Yep. And then uh, the guy's password is messy twenty three, and she's like messy like dirty because like regardless of how many fake backstories and shit they make up for these girls, she doesn't know one of the most popular like athletes in the world. Yeah, there was some other reference. I, I can't think of what it was. Well, they point out that her name is Sandy, and she's like, did your parents like Greece? And she has no idea what they're talking about. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. She's like, what? Yeah, yeah they, so, they needed to have them watch. The other thing really, I learned from the that, show. That would be a way to socialize them. Like, at the end of, you know, phase one, when they're still all locked together, have them watch TV and movies. One, to expose themselves to pop culture but two to learn how people fucking talk and interact so no what i learned is now when i ask people about random pop culture references if they don't understand what i'm talking about they're probably assassins okay so any any young woman anyone who doesn't understand pop culture references and what was the other one werewolves <laughs> yes also werewolves don't yeah always suspect those those three don't trust any werewolves, okay? Would Hannah technically a be a werewolf? <laughs> yeah. She is I technically I've, a werewolf. I think I've found our social media post for this this podcast. <laughs> okay. Anyway, where were we? So, yeah, Clara's been trying to contact her mother, and she finally gets a reply. You know, she realizes she's alive. She's in... I don't even remember where she is. Um, she's in, she, no, she's in Egypt now. She wasn't originally from Egypt. Like Hannah's like story about how she was actually in Egypt and she's married checks out. She's actually like working for a uh, dentist in Egypt. Yeah. Anyway, so Clara comes back down and senses something is is wrong and cat gets really upset basically the the guy she kidnapped convinced her to trigger the alarm so i like that clara just lets the guy free and she's like hey you wanted to leave so bad go and like she knows something's up so as soon as the gate oh the front gate opens uh, which is part of why she suspected something but the guy just Kind of is like, hello, can you help me? And slowly walks out and then immediately gets shot in the head. Well, because she left his handcuffs on and now it just looks like he's hiding something behind his back and he's walking forward. He looked like a threat. True. But also, uh, yeah, I don't know. So they basically play hide and seek through the house. Leo shows up. Again, why Leo? I understand if Leo is a, a training person, but why is he also trying to kind of be a field operative? Like, it, it just didn't fit the character to me i mean i isn't that uh, a position like what's it called like a handler he's a handler i guess it just felt weird that he would be the one to go in and try to find i, I don't know it, it felt strange it, it felt well, like that should have been two characters too many people to pay no they did they did have a second guy that we've never met before that's involved with trying to like uh, swap out the clothes for Clara when she's going up to assassinate the guy. Yeah, there's there's a random like contact, but like is but yeah. maybe see that that was probably the handler for the Barcelona 
team. Not really. Leo was also the handler. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like I said, it didn't really fit. They they just wanted to throw Leo some more screen time, I guess. I, I don't know. He, he should have stayed at the Meadows. It, it should have been a separate character. Whatever. So, yeah. Clara basically... hide-and-seek game, and then... Yeah, Clara tackles Leo and, and kills him. Actually, Carmichael and the other woman that was, you know, potentially part of the Splinter group, but is actually with Carmichael, they show up, and they... John actually... Carmichael actually shoots Leo, and then... The woman uh, was going to shoot Clara, but then Hannah shows up, you know, at the right time and, and kills him and then shoots Carmichael in the shoulder. And then they're trying to escape in the car and three guys basically show up with guns. But then Beagler shows up and just kills them all really quickly. And Hannah gives her the, the target list. Beagler takes a photo of it and tells Hannah to keep the original. She goes to the house and, you know, says, you know, just get out. Um, so the girls escape. And there's this kind of weird interaction with Beagler and Carmichael. And it kind of has a flashback of Carmichael got too drunk one night and was talking to the lawyer that was kind of the leak uh, about the information. So Carmichael was actually the leak the whole time and he was trying to cover up his own fuck up. Yeah, but it's also that the whole assassination list is people under the age of thirty. Yeah, it's Forbes thirty before thirty, right? You're just gonna kill all of them, basically. I mean, he says he says something very telling, which is really frightening about you know potentially how government and the CIA and things could work. He says, you know, they're basically killing people that they're afraid of what they could become. Mm-hmm. Not that they're actually a threat right now, but that they could be a threat. Yeah. Which is Makes super, sense. super fucked up. And yeah, that's obviously why the lawyer did what he did. I think there was one name on there that was a 17-year-old person. And yeah, he's like, Jesus, some of these are kids. Kids, yeah. So yeah, that's where the leak came from. And Marissa basically blackmails him and says, you know, if they find out about this, they're going to kill you or throw you in jail forever so you know i'm the captain now you're, you're gonna listen to me <laughs> yeah, basically how many references just... can we make in this show by the way? that's about the fifth one i think if we actually tried we could do a lot more but it might get a little grating <laughs> no, no. yeah but if you don't understand our pop culture references we're gonna think you're an assassin so or a werewolf <laughs> uh anyway so Hannah and Clara drop Kat back off on the airport so she can run back home to America. Clara says, I'm meeting my mom in Morocco. You know, we're thanks for everything, but, you know, we're, we're going to leave. You know, I'll see you again. And Hannah's kind of like, no, you're never going to see me again. We're, we're going our separate ways. So that's how Clara got written off of the show, apparently. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. I mean, yeah, whatever. And then... Back at the Meadows, it does show that Terry uh, Miller, the social media guru lady, sees the email from Clara about her mother, but she just deletes it. So, you know, there's people that obviously don't agree with everything that's going on at Utrecht and a lot of a lot of leaks. But that's pretty much it. I mean, Hannah has this list. Vigler's kind of blackmailing Carmichael and, you know, maybe going to take control of things a little more. 
and Clara's probably off the show. Yeah, Hannah goes back to the uh, the house because the plan was to meet up again because they're they're supposed to all go back to the meadows, but she reveals that Clara's left, and then it kind of just ends with her going like, "What's my next task?" Because she wants to be involved in this take down Utrecht's plan because that's what Eric Heller trained her for. I guess well, it's no, he of... trained her to kill Beagler. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, very but, much has not done. But I think it was also because Beagler was Utrecht, but right. Utrecht's the new Utrecht's two electric boogaloo is not Beagler. Yeah, true. So anyway, I don't know. The season was pretty good. It felt even more John Ryan to me, or Jack Ryan. <laughs> uh, I mean, it could be John Ryan, isn't Jack short for John? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't, it didn't quite feel as good as one. And maybe that was my expectations because I expected a little bit more world building. And really the whole thing was about Carmichael having been a leak about this information and kind of, I mean, we got to see this splinter group and, you know, it's not really clear what's going on that maybe there's a division within the CIA that there's a group of people that support this and a group of people that don't, I, I don't really know. Uh, Let me, there yeah, wasn't a it, lot revealed. Kind of introduces kind of this, it introduces us to this idea that there's like this. What are, I don't I forgot what the, she called them. Uh, like, well, the pioneer group I think was the yeah. the Carmichael Utrax group. The right. Splinter group is I don't know. I'm just calling it the Splinter group. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, no, that's the Assassin Girls. But Splinter, <laughs> Master Splinter. The Assassin uh, Girls would be the Foot and, and Shredder. The, the Shredders. Because werewolves shred things. Okay. Well, anyways, it does do some world building. I, I mean, I guess, I guess it could have done more. My problem was it just hinted at things. It didn't show you anything. You know, I guess we got to see that, okay, yes, these girls are assassins and they're killing, you know, seemingly some political targets. We don't know how this list was made. It's a bunch of people under 30, but we still don't really know what the targets are. We got to see one specific target, which is, you know, the the person that had a list of all their other targets, which again was just kind of self-contained thing that Carmichael's just trying to wrap up his own fuck up. And we still don't really know who they're being used to target. Well, I mean, we, we got, well, yeah, we don't know the specifics maybe, but like we went from season one where it was just Hannah to what the fuck, Utrax still exists to season two where, oh, they're being trained as little assassins to kill specific people. To I, three, I guess... which is hopefully, oh, these people, these this evil cabal basically created this plan and let's my, see if we can my, take them out. My problem was that it just confirmed everything I already expected from season one. It didn't establish anything new. It was like, okay, yeah, we knew they were assassins, like, or we, you know, very strongly suspected at the end of season one that they were assassins. It wasn't totally clear, but we were pretty sure. Yeah, they're part of the CIA. They're going to be, you know, killing people all around the world. There, there was not a lot of new information to establish what they're doing. It was just confirmation of what we already expected. Yeah, see, I don't have an issue with that. That's fine. I mean, it was just, it's just, it's just theory crafting. And we but were that could have been done. I mean, that could have been done in the, in the first episode where he talks about, you know, wolf DNA and all this other shit. It could have been, you know, really easily established. Yeah. We're assassins and you know, whatever. I, I don't know. It, it, the whole season having to 
explain that and, and being this self-contained thing where Carmichael's just covering up his own fuck up. I don't know. It, it left a, a little bit to be desired for me, but it didn't, it, it didn't go the Jack Ryan route of completely different show. Basically. Yeah. Just yeah. making the show something that it's not. No. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I like the season a lot. I, like I said in the beginning, I think like it being unfettered from my expectations of the movie helped me enjoy this season a lot more. I mean, it still kind of goes through the same kind of themes where you're kind of just looking at these girls that are kind of trying to figure out who they are as people. And the only people that are people are like Clara and Hannah, maybe like, she's also pretty good at just killing people though. But like she, she, she has her self identity and things and the other ones don't. And I'm kind of seeing the difference between all that. I thought it did a good job with that, except for the parts where we discuss where it doesn't make sense that the other ones were able to get into this like fake identity so fast. Yeah, but I, I mean, I do. That is the part I do like a lot more than season one. That you know, it's about these girls buying into identities, and you know, what what is your identity? It, you know, it, it could be something that's just kind of crafted. I think Jules did have some kind of pretty profound thing about you know the whole world is fake. Why why are we any different? Kind of a thing. I like that a lot more than the teenage drama of let's go hook up with boys and yell at our parents of of uh, season one yeah i guess it was just the yeah that kind of helped her be more real because she actually had actual experiences instead of the the fake ones that these girls are going through and pretending to go through right and it was kind of interesting to see sandy flip a switch from you know, totally buying into being the good Christian girl from Ohio to assassin. Yeah. Which is kind of what you expect them to be built as. It just, again, felt so weird that she so quickly bought into and was able to socialize around this new identity that before she had never been a fucking human. Yeah, I mean, that part is weird. If we got more insight into how the indoctrination genetic manipulation and training worked right maybe that's why we need explain a, that more but we need a prequel let's go back <laughs> watch them make babies fight against other babies like uh, i don't know when they started the training that's, you, that's a little much man you don't know how you don't know when they started the training simulations for combat like, get the terrible twos and you just have them fight each other sure <laughs> um yeah Anyway, uh, so yeah, there already is a season three. It's been renewed. Um, don't really know where it's going to go. I mean, I guess, you know, there's going to be more of Ziegler infiltrating things from the inside. And, you know, she's probably going to use Hannah as her own Utrax little agent. And Hannah's going to be, you know, the assassin that goes around and, and takes out people or potentially stops assassinations you know she's a counter assassin she's still so good at lying about everything i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop where she turns out to be a bad guy still vigler yeah i mean that was the other thing you know we we kind of touched on briefly but that carmichael had used you know he finally figured out you can't just take vigler out into the desert and try to kill her or put her in prison you know he used her wanting to get free and this you know, knowledge of this splinter cell group, that that was all, you know, a lie when they broke her out. It was still his agents. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think she's definitely, uh, I, 
I mean, the this... show seemingly makes her like she's straight up on the good side, but yeah, no, I, I don't think she's on the good side. I think she's on one side of the CIA, and Carmichael was on the other. Like well, she's yeah, still a CIA is... and shady as shit, probably. Right, but seemingly one side is making little assassin girls, and the other side doesn't want them to. So morality wise, <laughs> she's on the good side, I guess, quote unquote. But I don't know. She could just be on her own side. I don't know if she's up to something. Cause she's just, she's literally the the super spy, right? So she has ulterior motives, most likely. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But until then, if you somehow listen to this whole recap of the show and haven't watched it, go watch it. It was good. Yeah, again, don't don't listen to this podcast without watching things. We spoiled it. Don't watch the trailers <laughs> because they spoil things. We're more uh, of a recap and review. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as always, uh, be aware of teenage girls and werewolves. Yes. And people that don't understand pop culture references. Yes. If you haven't understood every reference we've made in this show, we will find you and hunt you down. With our particular set of skills? I don't have that wolf DNA. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on all the popular social media sites at StreamablePod and listen to the podcast on your favorite platforms. Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review.